You're listening to LOL Radio on OCRFM, and joining us on the line, we have Titus O'Reilly, who is bringing a uh, very unique show to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So, uh, good evening to you, Titus. Oh, good to be with you. Thanks for uh, taking time to have a chat today. Anytime. Now, uh, your show this year, something reasonably uh, obscure to some comedy audiences, yeah. it is the thoroughly unhelpful history of Australian sport. Yes, I've sort of stumbled across in my career uh, starting off doing uh, comedy into the area of sports comedy, which I don't really even know if it's a thing. <laughs> yep. but, uh, You're making it a thing. Kind of, you think about all the topics comedians make jokes about. Yep. Sport is a very rich vein, especially to mine, especially in Australia where it's basically a religion and the closest thing we've got to a culture. Yep. I think, yeah, more people attend that than uh, any sort of church service these days. Yeah. That's right, and it's also tax-exempt, like religion too, so there's a lot of similarities in Australia. People go and worship each week with yeah. their favourite team. Yeah, I, I see where you're going here. Yeah, yeah, it makes you feel guilty a lot, not yeah. think about yourself, so, you know, it's all there. Yeah. And uh, it is based upon uh, your brand-new book of the same name, uh, A Thoroughly Unhelpful History of Australian Sport. Yeah, that's right. I, I sort of, after I finished the book, I had a lot of material that, sort of wanted to get in but when you're trying to tell the whole history of Australian sport uh, in one volume it's, it's a bit hard to get everything in so the idea is that it comes to me that I could do it as a, a stage show and I'd, I'd done a few tours before um, you know national tours of doing stand-up shows before where I've sort of addressed very much AFL yep. in the main so this was a chance to do something slightly different and have a bit more of a theme to it and you know it's an interesting time for Australian sport because it's sort of dominated, you know, the public for so long, but we're actually seeing some interesting things um, where people are pushing back on it and, you know, other, other uh, interesting things, like in Sydney, they're currently arguing, should they spend $2.5 billion on new stadiums or should they give it to hospitals to save sick kids? And that's yep, yep. a debate up there. And uh, that would have been something we'd never have debated. The sport would have won immediately. In the past, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's changing, so... Yeah. You know, and I question, do we need to save all the sick kids? You know, <laughs> surely we can compromise. Yeah. They can watch the game. Yeah. That's right. And so it, it could be considered then, for those who have enjoyed the book, uh, A Thoroughly Unhelpful History of Australian Sport, Volume 2, I guess. Yeah. Well, it sort of is. It's a lot of the stuff that, you know, I could not fit in or, it's, you know, a bit more of a, a theme around what it means to us. But it also takes into account that some of the people attending, especially at the comedy festival, won't necessarily be sports fans. That's so right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't assume that you uh, know every single thing about sport. It's more just about how sport influences our lives. Even in Australia, especially even if you're not a sports fan, it's sort of hard to avoid it, and it sort of impacts on people in ways that you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. So, do you cover? Do you cover like more than just the mainstream kind of footy and cricket sports, or is it? So you go you go in depth with uh, with a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, what, what I was sort of trying to look at is why is sport as popular and why are some sports considered, you know, the key sports and others are, are not that interesting? Uh, and then also just some of the weirder things that happen in uh, sporting history in Australia, like, for instance, Australia are world champions in Quidditch, which yeah. you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, Surely you'd expect it to be a British, a British team, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's right. It was a, it's actually the Americans were the world champions and they'd never been defeated. And the Australian drop bears, as they're known, <laughs> yeah. actually defeated them in the World Cup, which shows that we, 
Australians dominate even in made-up magical sports, <laughs> which is uh, nice to hear. And one of the things I like about Quidditch as a sport is it's the only sport where it's both mixed-gender sports playing at the same time. You have to have men and women on the same uh, oh, right. team at each, for each team, but it's also full contact. And yep. Everyone's holding a broom, so it sounds like <laughs> a recipe for disaster, really. Yeah, but it also makes it easier to clean up afterwards, I guess, if everyone's got the broom already. <laughs> That's right, I mean... <laughs> It's a strange thing, but it's a full uh, it's a full sport that's uh, actually growing. So it just shows you that <laughs> we're very weird when it comes to these sort of things. Yeah. Are there any uh, uniquely Australian sports? Well, Australian rules, you know, AFL well, football course, yes. is the most yep. unique. It, it's sort of you know, we've got an obsession with that, and that was really started because no one could agree on what sport to play. So it is literally a sport invented by a committee. Yep. Uh, there were arguments over whether to play rugby or soccer, so they decided to basically combine all of them. Yep. And uh, since then, it's been spread all around the country with, you know, almost, uh, you know, religious mm-hmm. uh, fever to spread it everywhere. I call it in the book The Scientology of Australian Sport. <laughs> <laughs> the followers of it can't believe someone's not into it. Yeah. And uh, almost get a bit annoyed when they meet someone like that. And so. It's been definitely the most. Um, but, you know, Australia dominated early on in tennis and golf and, you know, you pretty much name sport and Australia has uh, done very well in it. Exactly. And that's not uh, not too bad considering that football was invented to keep the cricketers fit over winter. Yeah, which is funny considering I hadn't seen a fit cricketer until about 10 years ago. <laughs> I was going to one of the odd things when they said that. So, I yeah. mean, it's sort of the greatest sporting moment, I would argue, ever was when uh, David Boone sank 52 cans of beer on the flight from Sydney to uh, London. Yeah. Uh, which probably shows you why cricketers weren't that fit. And he actually had to be wheeled off through customs at Heathrow uh, Airport in a wheelchair because he was so drunk and still played a test about two days later, which they won. So that sounds like a sport a in itself. Time. Yeah. Do you classify that as, is it a brand new one or is drinking? Well, I think drinking heavily is kind of, you know, the unofficial national sport and often driven by sporting things. But they, they amazingly go hand in hand for a very long time, drinking and, and playing sports. And some of the great Australian sportsmen were known, you know, even early on for... There was one particular boxer called Young Griffo back in the 19th century who used to often have to be woken up in the pub and dragged off the box uh, right before a match and would often have swigs of beer in between the rounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, it sort of changed slightly boxing, but not a lot. Anything in your show about mini cricket? <laughs> Mini cricket. What's <laughs> mini cricket? Oh, it was like... I to profess my ignorance. <laughs> At school. Like, I don't know why we called it mini cricket. <laughs> it was just cricket, but, like, at school, and I, I think they had, like, less rules or something. Yeah. So school-based. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a huge... I mean, there was French cricket where you had to hold the bat yeah. in a different way, and then there was all the different school versions of yeah. cricket, so... How you could, uh, whether you could hit it over the fence or hit it one hand, one one bounce, one catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. All those sort of rules. And so when I was in school, it was one hand, one bounce, and you caught them. Or if it bounced twice and you head butted it, that was still. So yeah, you could get people out that way. That, so. That'd be fun on the uh, asphalt. Yeah, <laughs> sure was. <laughs> well, one of the things they're saying is a problem for 
cricket at the moment is sort of two things. One, all these houses are being built without backyards. Yeah. yeah. You can't play backyard cricket. And the other thing is that cricket's sort of become a propaganda platform for fried chicken. So uh, <laughs> we're sort of eating our way out of being sort of athletes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, I was shattered when uh, I played French cricket with a French person only to find out that there's no such thing as French cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a bit like the Spanish flu. It was named after something that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, your show this year is called A Thoroughly Unhelpful History of Australian Sport. Uh, you're playing all throughout the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, every day, pretty much except uh, there's a couple of Mondays thrown in as well. Yeah, I think Wednesdays are the only yep, days Wednesdays. I've, uh, I've, I've got off. So um, hopefully some people actually come along. That would be terrific. Fantastic. It does make a show a bit better having an audience. <laughs> having an audience? Yeah. And people, of course, can find you uh, on Twitter as well. They can. It's hard to say Riley, and uh, I'm all over there. So if you enjoy nonsense, uh, that's the place to head, and that's really what Twitter's for, isn't it? Thanks Fantastic. So uh, Imperial Hotel, all throughout the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, thanks very much, Titus, for having a chat. Thanks for having me on.